All right, let's do this. What's up, everybody? This is Big Pep, and welcome to another episode of Pep Talk. You got myself, Big Pep. And today, there's actually no co-host with me. Juan had to take a hiatus. So instead, it's just me and this beautiful guest of mine, good friend of mine, known him for about 20 years, um, a little bit about him, born January 31st, raised in Kansas. You've seen him in the ring fighting Floyd Mayweather, going up against many other superstars. You've also seen him on the movie theaters, such as Expendables, Ray Donovan, Southpaw, good friend of mine, world champ, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Victor Bicious Ortiz. <laughs> oh, man. What an intro. I, I love that song. <laughs> What's going on, man? Not much. Just hanging out, you know. Uh, I, I, the moment I, I was presented with this opportunity to be on your podcast, I was like, of course, man. It's not even a question. Hell yeah. Best part about it was uh, one of the, our, our mutual common amazing friends, Victor Rodriguez, was like, hey, Vic, man. X, Y, and Z. I was like, come on, bro. It's not even a question. That's what I'm saying. Shout out Victor so, Rodriguez, man. <laughs> Shout him out. He's uh, the victorious bastard on... Um, Instagram. Oh, I like that. Hit him, with, <laughs> hit, him, hit him with the shout out. Yep. So before we start and I get to ask all these great questions, um, let's talk about how we met. So my first memory of you and we were talking about it off the, off the screen. I mean, off, off the camera was shoot going to the gym when I was 14 and you were, cause when did you fight uh, Madonna? Uh, I was, it was 2009. So how old were you at the time? I was 21. And you have a few years on me. So yeah, so I was about like I was about like 16. Man. And I remember watching you on the treadmill. That was amazing. The, sh- the story you just shared back there. I was like, wait, what? Because <laughs> you know you meet so many people. Obviously, you know that. There's yeah. So many people. But I have a great memory. And for me to not remember exactly that precise moment, because I mean, I remember you from when we got a little older. We are in, you know, Kansas was our, our, our mutual ground yeah. there. And I was your basketball player. I was like, geez, man. But then you come back to this story right now in the back. I was like, "Whoa!" Yep. And it, it, so, Whoa. That, so that's the crazy part is uh, the story that I was that I brought up to him was when I was about this is the first real real time. It was I was about twelve years old, and a gentleman by the name of Refugio Flores, who's also uh, my farm my firearm instructor now to this day, he brought me into the Boys and Girls Club. I want to say of Oxnard mm-hmm. at the time, and he wanted me to 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 box. And I remember. When we walked in, and he's like a legend here in Oxnard, you were training with Robert Garcia. And you were 16, and I remember them telling me, or telling uh, Rafael, they're like, hey, check out this prospect, check out this prospect. And I remember seeing you, and you were fucking ripped up, and I was like, damn, this guy's really good. And I remember sitting in the corner, no shit. I was like, like this is, I was chubby at the time, and I was like, I want to get in shape, and I want to like punch the boxing bags. And then you sat next to me, you're like, just go for it, man, just go for it. And I was like, bro. That was the coolest thing. And you were <laughs> you were like 16 at the time and I was 12. And I remember that to this day. So when I saw you on the treadmill years later, I was like, I know this guy somehow. I just never remember. But I always see, I would always see people coming up to you during the gym and, I, and, and everyone would be like, you know, just talking to you and praising you. I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? And I finally <laughs> was watching. I turned on the TV and I remember seeing you fight Madonna. And I was like, that's the boxer. That's insane. Yeah. See, that's that's an amazing story, man. Because 
I mean, I met you, and right away we had that chemistry of friendship, and I'm just like, wow, man, yeah. absolutely, that's great. And like you said, Kansas. We, yeah. We, so you were you were raised in Kansas, born and raised, man. And I I luckily got a little scholarship to play in Salina, Kansas, for a year, which and was not far from mine. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how we connected. Absolutely. Um. So I want to get into a couple things. First off, yeah. what are you up to nowadays? Well, you know, nowadays I've been, uh, I mean, I'm a dad. I'm a yeah. dad now, man. I have uh, Royal and Malachi, and they're my everything. Yeah. So that's my first priority. Uh, other than that, though, I've been back in the gym. Um, I've, I have a whole new opportunity to be be great once again, do it again. But now it's for Royal and Malachi. So I've just been putting work, extra work, um, into the gyms with uh, Coach Roger Romo, with Coach uh, Cecilio Flores, mm-hmm. and Coach Adam Flores at uh, HIT boxing gym so if you guys ever want i mean it's in camarillo you know? oh, okay nice yeah. <laughs> yeah it's a, it's a great great um i believe it's a great opportunity for me once again because man i still feel like like i did in my 20s man i mean i i'm 35 now but i don't feel no no older than 35 i mean other than my two babies yeah of course but other than that man i've just been putting in a lot of work uh listening to the coaches studying extra film footage and making sure i do exactly what they ask of me so that's pretty much what I've been up to. I mean, I've been getting a lot of opportunities to go back to the acting stuff. I'm just, I'm not done with this particular chapter of my life, which is boxing. Yeah. So, so you're training, are you training for a fight right now? Absolutely. Yes. Uh, so May 14th, I will be back in the ring at the, in Carson at the StubHub or Dignity Center. Yeah. Um, we'll be on Showtime, PBC. Let's I'm the go. co-main event to Charlo okay. versus Castaño. So, Ready to go. Hell yeah. And who are you going to be fighting against? Uh, who's who's the victim? Uh, Todd Manuel. Todd Manuel. From what I have been hearing, he says a lot of things about me. Hey, no worries. No ready. worries. Ready. Also, definitely, he's not definitely, he's definitely not saying positive things. No, absolutely not. I don't think anytime you want to fight somebody like me, you're not. <laughs> Fuck that guy. <laughs> good, man. So now we can get into the good stuff, which is, I wanted to take it back, man, years ago, because your story is like from rags to riches, at least what I, that's what I feel, man. You know, like coming up the way you came up, uh, in, in, in Kansas, obviously, you know, the stories out there with, you know, your dad being in the scene, not being in the scene, your mom, you and your brother coming up and just like pretty much from, from, from the bottom to finding boxing. Yeah. Um, when did you find your passion for boxing? Well, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't, it was not those years. Okay. My, My dad made me box. Against my will. Okay. Um, I was a little, you know, chunky, fat kid. Got picked on. I was in the choir for school. Played piano. No way. Oh, yeah. I used to do my do, re, mi, fa. Oh, yeah. I used to do all that, man. And then uh, I got made fun of so much. Got beat up so much all the time. I just, I'd, got, I'd get home crying. And my dad is, you know, being the, the old Mexican, you know, the typical machismo. Of course. In this family, there are going to be any... X, Y, and Z. You're, you're gonna, I'm going to you, make you, you box. You can cuss on this podcast. Okay. Well, <laughs> I mean, he pussies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he made me go to the boxing gym, and he made me fight, and I I was against it. But one to the day where I had to spar this certain someone. No need to mention his name. But um, <clears throat> my dad saw me getting hit from every angle possible. I, I've never had a pair of boxing gloves in my life. I was seven years old. This kid was like nine. Yeah. And I'm... I'm just getting hit left and right, getting destroyed. And I didn't even know how to hold my hands was too. I was like this, <laughs> trying not to get hit, but I was crying. So getting out of the ring, my father 
grabbed his belt and whooped me right in front of everybody right there for getting hit. So I got a two-for-one special, man. I Holy got, shit. Got my ass whooped by my dad, and I got my ass whooped by this guy. And then uh, Bucky, may you rest in peace, Don Ignacio Avila, said, don't you ever put your hands on that boy. He says, keep him. He's fucking trash. Your dad said that to the trainer? Yeah. Oh, shit. So then he just left me there crying. <clears throat> Bucky says, Junior, you okay? I said, yeah. He says, I'm going to teach you how to box. I said, I don't want to box. He says, come on, Junior. Give it a chance. I'll teach you how to box. I go, it's hard. I don't like getting hit. He said, that's the beauty of it. This is boxing. It's to hit and not get hit. Wow. I'm like, what? So now he started teaching me this whole thing. He picked me up in the mornings, take me running. I was like his son, man. And <clears throat> it was almost like Mr. Miyagi type stuff, man, because... He'd pick me up, and if I didn't have good grades or something, he'd make he literally make me scrape his house to take off the paint, put paint, new paint coatings, and wax whatnot. on, wax off. Oh, absolutely, bro. <laughs> but I don't think I had nothing to do with it. It's yeah, just yeah. Bucky was being Bucky, you <laughs> yeah. know. So, so after that, like I just started picking up on the facts of in the senses of oh well, boxing is to hit and not get hit. It became like a like a, a tag game to me. So I was like oh wow. So I don't have to exchange, stay in the middle, punch for punch. You know, I don't have to take that kind of damage, this and that. Okay, cool. So I'd stay in the middle, boom, I'd hit, I'd tag, you hit, pop, pop. And I'd move, move. I became a very prestigious boxer at a very young age, thanks to Bucky. So then I grew this love for boxing at nine. And Bucky told me, Junior, you can be the greatest of all time. You can be world champion. And by this point in time, my mom had already left me. Okay. My dad, too. He was in and out. And then uh, I was like, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be world champion. And then after watching like Rocky and stuff like that, I'm like, he could do it. I thought that stuff was real. So I was like, he, he he's a street kid with nothing. I could do the same thing. But I ran with that particular formula and that <clears throat> blueprint. <clears throat> I gave it my all, man. And, and we still are now. But the, the thing is, from that childhood, that, that tormented, messed up childhood, to now, it's different in the senses of now I have two little whys, man. I did all that. Me, 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 me. Taking care of my brother. Me, 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 my brother. And it was just me, always. And then I make it, and then I felt empty up there. Yeah. And then I said, you know what? I got to do this. But then I have Royal. Yeah. Then I have my little Malachi. And I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to do this again. But now the hunger is there. The ambition is back. And I'm just, hey, um, I... Anytime I even try to question anything, I'm like, nah, Royal Malachi, Lengo Puppy. Exactly. I'm right here. So that's where we're at, man. <laughs> when when you when you decided to you said at nine, you know, that's when the, the love came and you started becoming like a, a like a top prospect, right? And then you went from Kansas then pretty much Transitioning to Oxnard, California, right? Nope, incorrect. No. I went from Kansas. Uh, I was in uh, under the custody of Sharon and John Ford. It's mom and dad. I love them dearly. Okay. Um, <clears throat> and uh, Sharon and John, they took care of me since I was a youngster. Uh, Sharon got custody of me at 13. <clears throat> my sister was still around at the time. And uh, I always told my sister, I thought you, you said you'd never leave us. My brother, myself, you always said you'd stick by our sides. And you just leave like that. And she left to Denver. So then, uh, of course, you know, I was young and I cried that she left to Denver. Yeah. So then I was at the Miss Fort Sharon, my mama, for three years. Carmen filed for custody of me and then uh, received full custody of me. My mama didn't want to let me go, but I said, come on, mama, what do I have to lose? 
Yeah. All I have is a pair of jeans and three t-shirts. I'm good. She goes, but we love you. I love you. I don't, we don't want to lose you. I was like, it's okay. I'll be back in some years. And then she gave custody to me to my sister. Boom. I go to Denver. I was trained by Ron Lyle. I went to the Salvation Army. I'm a broke kid. I didn't have no money. I'm just like, man. And how, and how old are you at the time? Uh, now I'm 15. Okay. No, 16. 16. Yeah, beginning of 16. And uh, I had no money. I was just a broke kid. And I'm like, man, how, how am I supposed to even eat around here, you know? And, uh, well, God has his, 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 his moments with people, man. And, and my moment was he took me to Denver. Next thing you know, I'm under my sister's custody. I go to the Salvation Army. The Salvation Army only to be trained by one of the all-time greats, and I didn't even know him at the time. His name was Mr. Ron Lyle. He became my coach. He made me a gold medalist in the Junior Olympics, number one in USA, uh, number two in the world, which is crazy. At what age? Uh, 16. Damn. <clears throat> so that's the year I arrived here. Because so after after that, there was some people boxing from Oxnard there. Okay. They were, they were checking out prospects. I didn't know anything about prospects, this, management, that, promotion, that. I didn't know anything about it. So next thing you know, I'm on an airplane coming to California. I'm like, what am I doing? Yeah. But before that, I just fast forward a little bit. Before any of that, I get back from winning the the gold medal and everything, and Ron Lyle was super happy for me and proud of me. Then I arrived back home, and then I read about you can uh, you can emancipate yourself at 16. Okay. But – Apparently, some states don't do that. So what does emancipate mean? That means at 16, you can cut ties and go on your own. Become an adult. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. But I, I didn't realize that some states don't do that. So I had to get the paperwork and take it to my sister. And I said, what's up, sis? She's like, I'm so proud of you. I was like, thanks, sis. I was like, I got some paperwork for you to sign. She goes, what are you talking about? I was like, here, just sign right here, 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 here. And she goes, what are you talking about? She's reading through it. And she goes, oh, you want me to just give you up? And I go, Carmen, sis, I ain't got nothing to lose. I have these clothes on, and dream, and that's it. Yeah. I get to Cali. Somebody does me wrong. What happens? I just hit you right back here. But I'm back to where I started. I said, come on, sis. I'll see you in some years. She's crying. And I go, hey, don't worry about it. And check it out. I just got paid because I was working two jobs yeah. at the time and going to high school. <clears throat> working two jobs and being an Olympic medalist? Yep. Jeez. Going to... Uh, and going to school. Yep, going to school. Jeez. And um, my grades were okay at the time. I mean, they were around Bs. Uh, I think A, 1A, I think. It, was, sure. it, was, it wasn't the greatest. When, sure. I got, when I got to Cali is when I actually, you know... Well, oh, sorry. Fast, fast forwarding again. So I gave my sister my checks. Um, I had uh, about $700 worth of checks. And uh, I remember my, my, a dear friend of mine named Ricky Lopez. He goes... Why are you leaving, bro? I'm like, I'm just going to chase this dream, bro. I, I have to make it. I have to do it. He says, but but why, man? You always said, you know, we're boys. And I go, you are my boy. And I love you for that. So no joke. I He knew I gave my sister my 700 and some dollars was for her rent and for some food and for her babies, you know, at the time, my, my nephews. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and um, I'm on this airplane, and he wrote me a letter. Ricky. Yeah, Ricky. Wrote me a letter. And then in the letter... I was hungry as heck, man. I couldn't even afford, man. I, I was so broke. I just remember I was like, man, I should have at least kept like 10 bucks so I could eat something <laughs> on this airplane. First time ever being on an airplane. And he goes, um, so I opened the letter finally. He told me, don't open it till you get to your airplane or wherever you land. I was like, thank you, Ricky. Appreciate that. So in that letter, I had uh, $25. And I was just like, oh, man. He says, I'm so proud of you, Vic. 
you keep dreaming big and I know you're going to be a world champion. You keep following your heart and I gave you a little bit of money because I know I knew that you you gave everything to your sister. I was like, thanks, bro. So just kept going with it. And then um, I got here and then I got picked up at the airport. I just remember landing and I'm like, whoa, I can see the ocean, the, you know, the 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 shores and I'm just like you're in Cali man, yeah and I see these big buildings and I'm like oh man what am I doing here jeez Vic I asked myself Vic what are you doing here and I was just like man I felt like uh you ever seen Chavo del Ocho oh. uh, Chavo del Ocho there's a there's a guy that has uh he's a he's a broke guy in this um in like this apartment unit that uh, he's so broke, he lives in a in a in a barrel, right? <laughs> and all he has is a a little stick. At the end of the stick, he has a a little handkerchief tied up with all his belongings in it. <laughs> so he carries it around. Oh like, yeah, yeah, walking yeah. around, you know. I felt like that guy because I got here and I'm just like, man, what am I getting myself into, man? So then uh, I just said, God, you you guide me. Yeah. So and I just wrote it. Next thing you know, I'm in Cali. Team USA, uh, and I came from Team USA uh, from over there. So, got here, Team USA. Next thing you know, Olympic trials, two thousand four, and then I just in two thousand four I made it to semifinalist or quarterfinals, one of the two. I think it was quarterfinals. And after that, um, it, it was a loss. And I go, you know what? I don't need to stick around, man. There's a lot of favorite to po- politics play a big part in the Olympic trials. Mm-hmm. So I said, you know oh, what? Oh, so you went back to the Olympics again. No, this is this is the Junior Olympics that I won first. Gold medalist. At and 16. Then, and then for, yeah. And then at 16, I qualified to go to the Olympic trials okay. for USA Olympics. But there's a lot of politics that play takes place. It's, it's funny because I hear, I mean, there's always all these stories, whether it's uh, Shakur Stevenson or whether it's even uh, Roy Jones Jr. It's like something always happens in the Olympics. Yeah, like it's, it's always There's always politics or it's always... But, like, but it's also one of the things where in the Olympics, they don't actually take the greatest... Fighter that that U.S. has at the times, at times, because I I believed I was one of the best. I, I am the best at the at that year. Mind me asking during that year, who was who was that class? The Olympian was uh, Vicente Escobedo, great great fighter. Okay, but uh, I still believed you know I was better than all these guys. A lot of the guys that they fought, I beat. But the problem is when you when you come from the blue like I did, and you're 16 and you're knocking out grown men. Uh, it doesn't really transfer because um, you don't have, there's a point system, apparently. Yeah. There's a point system. So the more you're winning, the more points you're racking. Those points are racking, and the, whoever has the highest points goes to the Olympics, which is weird because we're, the way I, you know, I thought and assumed was you knock out everybody, you beat everybody, boom, you're up to the top, you go to the Olympics. That's not how it works. Jeez. Yeah, so after that, I, I was discouraged, you know, because I, I lost my fight, and I was like, you know what, Mm-mm. I'm pro debuting, and then USA committee came up and said, "Oh, Mr. Ortiz, Victor Ortiz, you're gonna, you're, you're perfect candidate for 2008 Olympics." And I go, "Oh no, 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 I'm pro debuting." They go, "What do you mean?" I go, I- "I'll be champion in 2008." And 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 you were how old at that time? I was uh, 16. So for anybody, that's super young to because mm-hmm. I think the only person that I can think about that went pro was what like didn't Tyson go pro at 15 or something? Uh huh. So I pro debuted at 17. Jeez, and you yeah. were, and I got asked, and so by now, by now you've been in in Oxnard for how many years? By that point in time, it was uh, all of, well, not all, of, 16, 16, 17, two years, two years, yeah. And you were, and you were getting trained, 
under the Garcias as well during that yeah. time. Yeah, under the Garcias. So when that happened, and you you asked him, "Hey, I want to go." Was it more like, "Hey, do you guys think I should go pro?" Or it was more no, like, "Hey, I'm no, going no, no, pro. No, no, are you guys gonna be with my side?" It was a decision within me. Okay. In the locker room, that moment when I I was uh, robbed from yeah. my dream, the Olympics. Uh, yep. Okay. I was just like, "Nah, f this, man. I'm turning pro." And they're like, "No, nah, no, nah, Vic, Vic, you could do it. No, no, no. I'll be, I'll be champ." And of course, 2008 ticks around the Olympic year. The new, what I tell you, <laughs> what I tell you, I love it. Yeah. So then from there, we just kept running with it. And then, you know, that's, those are all the years that I met a lot of you beautiful people, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, I met you before that, but it's just, it's crazy how someone like my boy, our boy, Victor Rodriguez, you know, he's been through it all from my, my ups, my downs, my, my uh, climax, you know, my climb. And yeah. it's been beautiful, but nonetheless i'm just grateful you got into southpaw jake gyllenhaal you got into unless i'm mistaken during that time dancing with the stars as well yep dancing with so even though there was some some down times you know with the people that that you were surrounded by during that time i feel like there was also a lot of positives being around the the celebrities and and traveling the world i'm not saying that the people i was around doing all that stuff with her the bad people it was the people that i personally chose to be around that time yeah yeah you know, oh, yeah, bro, come on through. Uh, I was just so so easy and so accessible sure. to anyone. To at the point where now that I know better, 35 years old, and, and I'm just like, oh, no, 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 no. Hey, dude, what's up, man? Bye. You know, I just, not, not needed. Yeah. That's bad juju, bad vibes. I don't need that around my sons or myself, you know? Yeah, no, you definitely feel like you're in, you're in a great place now. Yeah, which I believe makes me a lot more dangerous because – there's a quote from uh, Muhammad Ali. He says, uh, I, I'm experienced now. I, you know, what do you say? I'm, I have a fight coming up. I'm experienced now. Have my jaw broken, uh, been dropped a couple times. But I'm experienced now. So uh, I'm just saying, like, the experience is there. We're ready, man. Hell yeah. Chapter two. That's exciting. Yeah. That's exciting, man. Um what was the what was the biggest highlight of and I keep on going back to it, but what was the biggest highlight of, of that era? That I mean, shoot, there was a few highlights in that era, man. But the one specific uh highlight was conquering that green belt, you know. I remember just crying. Yeah. When new, you beat Berto? Oh yeah. The new I mean, it was a zero zero to none chance, you know? Yeah. So it was good. How was it when you guys were able to fight again? Because I remember you guys were supposed <laughs> to fight yeah, yeah, yeah. originally, but then, you know, he tested positive for some substance. Yeah. And then, you know, you obviously you went your way, fought against, was it Josecito? Yeah. Got, you know, got yeah, broke, no, your, no. broke he, your jaw. He got me with a good one. <laughs> yeah. Came on back. And you guys finally, after all these years, fought Berto too again. Yeah. Um, it was actually interesting. I mean, I, I, I didn't fight him like the first fight. I was boxing him, and uh, he came in. He clipped me, man. I I got cocky. That was my fault. You thought uh, you had the. You, you, I dropped him. Okay. When I dropped him, I said, "This dude's shot, man." And then boom, he woke me up with an uppercut, put me down, and I was like, "Oh damn, man, down." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so after the fight was over, I just go, "Hey, Andre." He goes, "Man, what, man?" And I go, "Good job, man." He goes, "Man, fuck you." I go, <laughs> "I go, hey, man." realistically, you're still mad from the ass whooping I gave you the first time, huh? He goes, man, fuck off, Vic, man. You talk too much. I was like, I'm just messing, bro. 
<laughs> I was like, hey, bro, good job, man. Take care. Jeez. <laughs> so even 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 during losing, you're still you're still a nice guy. I just I just have fun, you know. I mean, tomorrow's not promised. Yeah, not dig it. Yeah. I got a couple questions that yeah I asked um a few people that we know, and I wanted to ask you was the first one. If there was an expendable five, would you be in it? You know what? Um, that'd be cool. Why not? I mean, a little more experience now in the acting world, so that'd be cool. Yeah. But uh, I think they shot four, huh, already? I think so. Yeah, yeah, because I was in three, so I, th- I heard that they shot four. Yeah, I wasn't called for that, so I I, I didn't die on the fourth one. Third <laughs> one so I, would, I would expect to get a phone call. Sly, call me. There you go. <laughs> um, if you could have right now between, because you had mentioned it, Jake Paul, Danny Garcia, Spence, and Terrence Crawford. If you could choose one of those guys to fight, who would it be? Danny Garcia. Danny Garcia? How come? He's a great fighter. Um, carries a great style. But uh, it's always the, the Puerto Rico versus uh, Mexico trend, you know? Yeah. So I, I'd like to jump the house like that. What made you bring up Jake Paul's name? Oh, Jake Paul, man. He's been a friend of mine for many years. And um, just at the time that I put a list up, uh, it was just the whole hype thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Everyone's talking about him. And stuff. But, you know, um, I want some more followers. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's real. That's the realest thing, man. I want some more followers. Oh, <laughs> yeah. No, but at the same time, uh, you know, I, I have love for Jake and I have love for Logan. And So, recently, I would say, what, six months ago? About, you, yeah. you, you had you had your you had your last fight yeah and you had a you had a nice following because you were training with Manny Pacquiao and you were being coached under Freddie Roach yep exactly how was that experience like it was great you know I've known uh Manny and, and coach Freddie man coach Freddie Roach I've known him since I was 16 years old mm-hmm. he's one of the first people where I sparred at their gym and I remember I put a few people to sleep there at that time and I told him I'm gonna be a world champion one day and uh, he's like, you can do it if you really, really put your mind to it, Victor. I was like, thank you. So then uh, I didn't train under him at the time, but he always gave me sparring, which is great. <clears throat> I didn't have money at the time, so I told him, if you like, Mr. Ro- Mr. Freddie Roach, um, I, when you, when I do spar one of your guys, you can just write it down. When I'm world champion, I'll pay you back for every one of the sparring partners you let me. He said, no, you just go, go capture the championship. No like, way. Yes, yeah. Well, I meant it though. And then next thing you know. Uh, now that we were working together, it was it was amazing, you know. I, I know that that the camp with Manny, it's it's no joke because, you know, he's a he's a senator, and uh, being a senator, I mean, they have security clientele, man. You can't. It was just it was a lot. And on the same token, I was fighting, and I am fighting for my baby boys. To, so in order to do so, I had to move closer to to Ventura. Mm-hmm. So that way, you know, the commute's not too bad for my sons and myself and. So, so, so we're not expecting to see him in your corner this next fight? No, 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 no. Coach Freddie, I mean, we talked about everything and, and, and Marie. And uh, I love them, man. I have nothing but the utmost respect and uh, integrity to those people. Mm-hmm. Always. I love it. How, how do you feel about the boxing, the boxing like uh, culture nowadays? You know, um, there's so much comparison to where, you know, Personally, I feel like the UFC is taking over the hype, but boxing, how do you feel about the culture now with, with boxing? Also, too, what is, in your opinion, the most popular right now 
weight class in boxing? You know, realistically, I that's one of the main reasons. Like I people, people kind of tend to trip out on me because I, I don't watch boxing a whole okay. lot. Mm-hmm. Unless you're fighting this guy at this weight, blah blah. I'll, I'll study those guys for sure. If they're in your weight class, yeah. But I don't really hype get into the hype of things. I, I don't. It, it's grown to be more of a business. Mm-hmm. That's what it looks like to me. So at the end of the day, to be the greatest pound for pound fighter, I mean. Don't don't look at the bull crap that comes with it. I just stay right here with this guy in front of me. That's it, or the guy right next to him, or whatever you know. Other than that, um, I think the probably one of the most popular weight classes right now is the welterweight division. Who's in that right now? Once again, uh, Errol Spence, um, Ugas, uh, uh, Terrence Crawford, Danny Swift Garcia, <clears throat> yourself, There's, yeah. But I'm. I have to start uh, start up from scratch again, you know, because I've been out of the ring, and uh, so I do consider myself among those guys, and and just as good as them, not better. But uh, at this point in time, I know that I have to, you know, shake off the cobwebs and come back. What should people expect seeing you May fourteenth? You know what I used to, I used to say when I was younger, uh, I'll show you that day, you know. But okay. at this point in time, um. More experienced vet, man. Calm, collected, ready to go. Oh, yeah. My final three questions that I always ask during the podcast are these. First question is this. If you would, if you could give a piece of advice to up and coming boxer, what piece of advice would you give them? Just believe in yourself. You know, people have a lot to say. They have a lot to to. Always try to put you down or whatever. I don't know. It's it's in your mind. Whatever you want, whatever you, path you want to take, do it. Okay. Second one. If you could go back to sixteen-year-old Victor, Denver, no money, just gave seven hundred dollars to your sister, flying to Oxnard with twenty-five bucks from from Ricky. What would you tell him? If you can go back at this age now. Wow. Con todo, mijo. Echele. So what does that mean for the people who don't understand in Spanish? Give it your all, my, my son. Give it your all. Give it your all. With all. And finally, this is the question that I ask everybody as well. hundred years from now, obviously, I'll be gone. You'll be gone. We'll all be gone, right? But on your tombstone. Not according to Ricky Bobby. <laughs> What does Ricky Bobby say? What did he say? I don't know. With my source of income, uh, <laughs> I could be lived to be 130. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> if you on your tombstone, there's going to say there's going to say two different things, right? It's going to say Victor Ortiz was as a boxer, blank, blank, blank. What is that? What 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 are those blank, blank, blanks going to be? Greatest pound for pound of all time. Perfect. Now, Victor Ortiz as the human being, as the son, father, brother, X, Y, and Z, Victor Ortiz was blank, blank, blank type of person. God's son, God's child, led by God. Ooh, that's heavy, mm-hmm. and that's amazing. Vic, thanks for being on the podcast. No, Love you, bro. You. Thank you, guys. And Appreciate it. Love you, too. Where can people reach you at? Uh, my Instagram is uh, it's v Ortiz. Uh, my Twitter is uh, vicious Ortiz. 
And then uh, my handles for all the tw- uh, whatever what, you want to come say this one. I don't know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's what do you call the the dancing or whatever they do? Oh, TikTok, TikTok, all that. I we you just sound very old right now. <laughs> yeah, it's bad. <laughs> just fine with you. I know. Um, I look, still use MapQuest. You still use MapQuest? No. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, you might use MySpace. Um, MSN Messenger. <laughs> bro, look it, man. Um, <laughs> As 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 a as a friend to you, as a brother to you, as also a fan to you, I can't wait till you conquer, conquer it in in the ring. You're an amazing father. You're a great friend to me. You're a great fan, a friend of my family. You've always been one of the solid ones. Uh, our relationship has been literally a roller coaster, but these past five seven years have been amazing. Thanks for being on my podcast. Love you and go win. Bro, go thank win. you for having me, man. I really do appreciate Hell it. Hell yeah. And everybody, uh, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Thank you to our sponsor, Go Persistent Media. And everybody, like, subscribe, follow.